This is the Inspire Radio Podcast, featuring inspirational and thought-provoking interviews from guests around the world who have already featured on Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio broadcasts 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Check us out at inspireradio.co.uk. But right now, sit back and enjoy another inspirational and thought-provoking podcast brought to you by the team at Inspire Radio. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. So welcome to Inspire Radio and today I am joined by Steve Phillip, the founder of the Jordan Legacy. So welcome to Inspire Radio, Steve. Hello, Joe. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And um, would you like to tell us about the Jordan Legacy and how it came about, please? Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, the Jordan Legacy is a charitable organisation that I founded uh, around about four or five months ago now uh, with the specific aim of re- reducing the frequency of suicides and improving mental health, a topic that uh, we-, we know has been discussed a-, a lot at the moment in the current uh, pandemic and lockdown. Um, it came about um, from an event that took place at the beginning of December last year when my own son at 34, um, Jordan, took his own life. Um, I wouldn't say it was out of the blue, but it was a, it was a complete shock. We'd never had any indication that was going to happen. Um, but he had suffered with depressive episodes over a period of years. So... That was the, the motivation, really, for uh, founding the, the Jordan Legacy. Wow. And, and, and have you been devoting your time to the legacy now and, and, and working on that suicide awareness and prevention? Yeah, I mean, just, just a quick sort of history. You know, my, my background has been in consultancy and, and coaching and training for, for many years myself. And in fact, uh, on December the 4th, I just left a, a client in the Midlands and got in my car and um, as I put my phone into the to the dashboard, into the holder there, I saw Jordan's girlfriend's name appear on the screen. She was calling me. Um, not not unusual, but yeah. she didn't call me often. Uh, and, you know, I was my usual cheery self, having just come from a good day working with a client. And uh, to get this distraught, you know, young girl at the end of the phone telling me that she was at Jordan's house and she'd had to break in and found Jordan and, you know, he'd taken his life. And at that instant, um, well, the world just turned. Um, Upside down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the followed, you know, immediately I pulled away from my consultancy business. Um, the, the followed, a, you know, a period of dealing with all that you've got to deal with and the grief and the shock and the trauma and, and all that. And um, But it, it was just, Oddly, three weeks later, that I that I published an article on LinkedIn. And, then that, and I saw that article, and and that's how we became connected. In that, first, I remember reading that, and oh my word, it was yeah. I mean, as you can imagine, it was an, a very emotional read, and I can only imagine what you went through actually writing that. But I guess that I, I've reread it again since, and I think may, maybe it helped you. Did it? Was it? Did it help you? Come to yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's it's been a little while since I've read it myself. Now, I must must admit, um, 
Um, it's not always bedtime reading for me, of no. course. But but I, um, you know, at the time I wrote it, yeah, I, I published and written on LinkedIn and had a, a large following there for for quite some time. So so writing was a fairly natural thing to me. So firstly, yeah, it was a cathartic thing. Get it, get this written down. Get it out of your head. Yeah. Where will I do that? LinkedIn. But will I publish it? So at the time I finished it, looked at it, I thought, right, are you, you going to press that button or? And if you are, why? So I kind of sat there with my finger hovering over it for, for quite some time. Um, uh, and then I thought, ultimately, look, if this helps somebody that's going through this or stops somebody because they yeah. understand this huge impact this has had on the family, yeah. then it's worth doing. Um, and, and that's what I did. I published it and that kind of then opened up this you know incredible outpouring globally of people some of whom were considering taking their own lives others that had been bereaved um I had academics getting in touch with me to celebrities and all kinds of people that that wrote back as a result of that that article and that really started the journey Joe and and ultimately as the weeks and months went by and I thought what am I going to do going forward um because there were two choices, really. One, one was you, you sit on the sofa with a bottle, uh, and that yeah. thought does go through your mind. Um, yeah, and, and that would be the easy choice, and that would be an understandable choice, wouldn't it? Because, goodness yeah. me, you know, you, you've experienced a life-changing situation that nobody ever expects to be in. So you would be, you know, you'd be quite entitled to do that. Um, I, I think, yeah, and I know many people that, that have. And, and, you know, a good friend said to me, look, you know, often what happens in a situation like this, um, and, and it's actually got a name for it, which is post-traumatic growth, yeah. uh, is, is people feel a need to create something. And, yes. and, and that's what it was for me. And that's where I started and, and founded the, the Jordan Legacy, sitting down initially with, with Jordan's girlfriend. And we just had this conversation to say, right, um, one of the things I should add as background to that is Jordan's girlfriend Charlotte was was just about to qualify um, uh, as um, complete a doctorate in clinical psychology. Oh wow! Wow, God, goodness me! Yeah. What a, yeah. So you know that that you imagine what's been going through her head and, and yeah. everything since since then. So she's now back into her studies recently and and hopes to qualify by the end of the year now, which is quite amazing given what she's she's been through. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. And and what you said about uh, post-traumatic growth, that really resonates with me because I lost my father very um, unexpectedly five years ago. And straight away, I threw myself into raising money for the Yorkshire mm. Ambulance because mm. like you, it's like, well, I need to do something. I need to do something proactive. I need to do something productive. I need to do it. And it was a way with, of dealing with all that um stuff and it you know you don't analyze it you just do it don't you so I can completely understand how you went into that mode of right what what can we do and actually it sounds like all the work that you're doing has made a massive difference and had such an impact on you know if you if you've prevented other people um from taking their lives I mean that's just it's mind-blowing isn't it it is, and it, you know, it is. I mean, to get your head around that sometimes is a little hard. And I think when I started to receive messages very early on, personal messages, kind of through LinkedIn, from people saying, you know, I was standing out in the uh, in the garden, and you know, I get really emotional about this talk. Oh, about it thank now. God, um, you, you're, you're but, completely entitled to get emotional. Yeah, um, 
you know, Don't just worry. said, you know, I, I, you know, a few days ago, standing with a belt around my neck in, in the garden, and I've read your post now, and, and I'm just not, I, I'm, I'm not going that route. Wow. You know, and, and so people would, you know, share things like that, or, or people that would get in touch with me to say, look, I've finally opened up a conversation with a family member that I should have had a long time ago. I now, I've kind of understood what their issues are, and we're, we're, we're all to getting together, and we're all supporting each other, and. You know, so the countless kind of messages of that nature that came through that were, um, you know, just just quite incredible, really. Yeah, amazing. So, so you know, what are you doing with the Jordan Legacy? What what is the Jordan Legacy doing now? So, you know, what 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 does it look like? What are you trying to achieve? Yeah, interesting. That was a question I was asked no, only about 10 days ago, actually, by somebody <laughs> to come on board to, to kind of help and support me. But um, I think initially, you, you know, when you look to create something, you, you, you probably want to save the world. Um, and I think that was my feeling that you kind of looked at, you know, we, we had some semblance of a structure when we first sat down and looked at the legacy with the family. And we said, OK, what, what were the issues around Jordan? Well, there were some workplace stress issues and yeah. issues there. The, the you know there's some issues around you know, some degree of social isolation there was the belief in himself the way everyone would look at him externally and say what a good looking guy got a great job beautiful girlfriend got his own house you know what a, and he would look completely opposite he would tear yeah. himself to shreds and not achieving anything so so how do we help people become more more confident um, and, and you know ultimately how do we improve the resources or the coordination of resources that are out there uh, and the support network so you know initially just me uh, pretty well it was <laughs> okay we're going to deal with all this this stuff and you know the, the family were just not in the right headspace and still now and, and not yeah. to be able to get very actively involved clearly you know we're only you know coming up to eight months on you know we're, yeah, we're, you're, we're still, not you're still going through um, that grief process, you know, and that that takes time. Yeah. It's different for everybody, isn't it? You know, you don't you don't get over grief. You just as time goes on, you you just start to live with it in a different way, and you're still in that early stages. Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely, Joe. No, you're you're you're, you're right there. Um, so, in terms of um, um, kind of where we're going now. I'm just improving my internet connection. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. Don't worry. Losing the, <laughs> losing the line a little bit. That, that should be better. Um, yeah, I, I think that the real focus now is that we will be looking at, over time at all those areas, but we're, we're still very much in our infancy. And I think I have to recognize that. And, and you know, if we were to, to really focus and say, where, where is the main focus now? Uh, ultimately, the end game was prevent suicides. So I've kind of decided... Um, that, that, that is also our, our major focus at the moment yeah. to look at what the issues are around suicide, but, but have the main focus to prevent suicides. And ultimately, you know, the ambition is to achieve um, through people known to the mental health services, um, patients, you know, a zero suicide culture, um, yeah. which when I first heard that was, well, you know, if you've got the supposed 800,000 that now people are saying is a million um, a year suicides taking wow. place and um, you know one every 40 seconds how do we go from that to, to zero but the evidence is out there you um, the case studies in Detroit and the Henry Ford health uh, services over there that, that um, 2008 to 2010 you know took the numbers from about 89 people per 
per kind of hundred thousand down to zero. Um, uh, So it can be done with a very coordinated support network um, and and good screening um, and better screening than we've got uh, at the moment in the in the systems that are out there. So that that's our primary focus and whatever it takes then to to pull together various partnerships and resources to to help achieve that, then, then that'll be the goal. And, and I mean, you know, just thinking at where we are at at the moment, you know, coming, well, we're still in this pandemic, aren't we? We're, you know, we're coming out of lockdown, but it's still all there. And, and you know, there are going to be a lot of repercussions for mental health from what we've gone through from very small children, you know, right through to to the, you know, the, the older population. And it's going to cover mm. everybody. And, um, you know, mental health support needs to be available to everybody now more than ever doesn't it oh yeah absolutely if you if you think you know where are people at the moment uh, in terms of their kind of headspace with the pandemic and the lockdown and i was having a really interesting conversation where with someone who's coming on board to support us who works very closely um with the zero suicide alliance and and has done a lot of phenomenal work particularly in australia um and they've been running a a study um uh, a kind of an app-based survey study where those on the the system had to essentially just enter three words each day as to how they were feeling or what they wanted to to feel and in the early stages of the research early in the lockdown some of the key words coming up were anxiety you know now predominantly the key word that's coming up is hope Uh, and and they're not feeling hope they're needing hope wow so right now predominantly the research is suggesting that, that people are needing hope and they don't feel they've got that, wow. which is why, you know, if we look at what's been happening on the news recent days, suddenly we're all allowed to travel. Oh, suddenly we're not. So that hope is, is taken away from us again. Yeah. So the knock on effect to mental health in, in that respect with the lack of clarity, I understand this is not an easy situation to manage, mm. but the lack of clarity is going to have a huge knock on effect. It's the uncertainty yeah. more than anything. It is an uncertainty can eat away at you, can't it? And, you know, because people are worried about their finances, their homes, their family, mm. their health, their, their jobs, mm. you know, and, and it's not just a handful of people. It's the whole world is going through this. And that, mm. that is just, you know, that, that's just a mind blowing concept. And, you know, as, as employees and, you know, we, we need to make sure that we're looking after our teams and making sure that, you know, I know that you're you're really passionate about that, making sure that that mental health support is there um, at grassroots level for people to be able to access when they need it, wherever they are and whatever it is that they're doing. And it becomes mm-hmm. part of the norm to be looking after the well-being and mental health of of you know your your teams and your your staff. I, I think the point you've just made at the end is really important because it's not just having you know reactive services in place. So. You could have a, a you know an employee um, uh, external provider um, there on the EAP there that employees can go to kind of an insurance scheme, but we know the data says only one percent to two percent of employees ever access those. Yeah. Um, you can have mental health first aiders. You can have as many of them as, as you need, and great as they are, they're a reactive response to a crisis. Um, what you do need uh, certainly in in the workplace now are managers um that have uh, more eq than iq yes. probably that are prepared to recognize and know how to look out for the signs and that could be very simply that 
um, John's on the Zoom meeting today, but the last couple of days he's not been his usual chirpy self or Jane just isn't getting through yeah. the work at the level she was before. Once upon a time, you might not have concerned yourself. You might even been a little angry with them that they're not performing. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, but now I think we have to ask different questions and, and be prepared as a manager to go and sit down with those individuals and say, look, I've noticed you've not been as your usual buoyant self. Can I ask you, you know, how are you really feeling at the moment and, yeah. and, and have that conversation? Really important. I would also say, um, Joe, that we need to do that in our families and communities as well. We need to recognise those signs and ask the same questions. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it is it is about, you know, just allowing somebody to have that conversation, isn't it? And and being there and listening, like you say, actively listening. and But also understanding that, you know, we don't have to fix their problems. That's not what we're doing. We're just listening. And then we can signpost to the people that really will help them and you know give that mental health support as well so i think it's important for people that you know think uh, maybe have somebody in their family or they're thinking there is somebody that i'm not quite sure is is a hundred percent and just saying just talk to them don't worry don't don't think about having to solve all their issues for them that's not the case it's just listening and getting that conversation started i think that's really important isn't it to, to make yeah i i i that. i, I I think yeah, you know, I was showing a great uh, a great exercise actually the, the the other day. It was it was mainly aimed for, for within the workplace, but but not exclusively so. Um, and it's a very simple simple form. I've got to try and remember the, the columns here now while, while we're on the interview. But but essentially the columns are so headed who, uh, what, and how. Um, yeah. And on the left hand side, uh, the the rows were essentially all the different resources of support if you were having any kind of mental health crisis that you could approach and that could include friends family work colleagues yeah. professional bodies you know just list you know who, who are all yeah. of them um uh, and in the grid there against each literally put in there well you know who would you speak to within that family or that organization what would you hope you know to get yeah. from them how would you go about or how could they support you um, and it was designed to be be used actually when when you're in good mental health yeah and that's actually do you know what that sounds like a really great tool it's almost like a tool that everybody needs to do mm. and so that you've got that as a well you know this is i'm feeling like this so actually i need to talk to this person because this is how yeah. it's going to help me so what a simple thing but it almost sounds like everybody needs to do that as an exercise as your yeah. um your framework to help you with your mental health or to help someone else uh, yeah you know, or to take, help take somebody someone else, else through yeah. Um, yeah but but the important thing is that the best time to do that probably is is when when you're in a good place yes not not when you're in a crisis yeah um, because you can't think when you're in a crisis your brain is like mr messy isn't it inside you can't ab think straight. absolutely um, but if just you, you know simple things because they because that helps as you rightly said before that helps open up the dialogue yeah i'm not saying it should necessarily be a party game but it's yeah. you know within yeah. a family but it but it certainly you know can, can open up a dialogue yeah no no brilliant idea and so simple so um i mean it, it's fascinating talking to you steve and, and i know we could talk about these subjects you know for for a long time but um just thinking about our listeners if there's anybody out there maybe thinking that they've identified somebody that they know that may need some support or they're even thinking themselves do you know what what steve's talking about really resonates with me 
in the very first instance, what would you suggest? Yeah, I, I think in, in the first instance, I would say if you have any concerns, don't be scared to approach someone. There is this kind of misnomer that if someone's having suicidal ideation, for example, that if you ask them the question, are you considering taking your own life, uh, that you're more likely to increase the chances they will. That, that is not the case okay. at all. Um, you've absolutely got to have the confidence if, if you think it's gone that far. So one of the first things I would do is spot the signs, as we said earlier, be prepared to go over the conversation, have the conversation and just say, look, I've noticed this. Okay. And be specific about what yeah. you've, you've noticed. Um, and then just ask the question, can I ask you, how are you really feeling yeah. at the moment? And stop and listen. No judgment, whatever they come back with, don't go, oh, well, you know, I did none of that. Or I had a situation once, not just listen. Uh, and, and, you know, if, if you're skilled enough to be able to ask, you know, kind of further questions about how that's making them feel or, um, you know, and if you have concerns to be able to ask the question specifically, look, can I ask you, are you considering or have you considered at all taking yeah. your own life? Yeah. If it's got to that point, don't be scared to ask that question. From there, then you've got to take proactive action if, if that's necessary. And that, that could be then going to... Um, your first port of call is if you've got serious concerns is, is crisis intervention and that's probably yeah. going to be Samaritans your GP or A&E um, and yeah. probably A&E and Samaritans are the first call other than that then of course there are a lot of resources and on the Jordan legacy you know we've got a lot of services and resources where we link to people like Mind uh, yeah. and other organizations to help so all those resources are there on the website Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And, and do you know what, you know, you've made such a tragic situation into something so positive. Um, you know, you've got to be celebrated for that, Steve, as well, and your, your family and, you know, finding the strength to, to, to do something that hopefully will prevent other people. Well, you know, you know, it's already prevented other people from doing the same thing. And that, that takes a, a massive amount of courage and strength. So, you know, amazing, amazing. Thank you, Joe. No, I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, if people want to find out more about what you're doing, if they want to see, you know, learn more about the Jordan Legacy, how can they find you? Yeah, very simply, it's the jordanlegacy.com website. Pop that into uh, any high street browser. <laughs> and um, and you'll find us there fantastic well thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story and uh, yeah amazing work thank you thank you Joe. with inspirational guests from across the world this is inspire radio, inspire radio. a big thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast from the inspire radio team if you would like to feature your business in the inspire radio podcast or on Inspire Radio, we would love to hear from you. Simply email inspire at inspireradio.co.uk. Inspire Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. UK-based radio station with listeners across the world. Once again, a big thank you to you for taking the time out to listen. And whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have the best day. You possibly can. Inspire Radio. Be happy. Be inspired.